guys. Welcome back to the Forking Wellness Podcast. My name is Barry Strickoff, Registered Dietitian. And I'm Sophie Bertrand, Registered Nutritionist, and we are the authors of the Forking Wellness book and obviously the Forking Wellness Podcast. Each week we sit down and we discuss all things health and wellness from debunking diet myths to nutrition information, lifestyle factors, etc. Stick with us while we try and work out what the Fork Wellness really is. I don't even know what we do. This week's episode of the Forking Wellness Podcast is sponsored by Exhale Coffee, the first specialty coffee in the UK to be sourced and roasted, especially for health. Their unique process is designed to lock in the natural plant chemicals and involves nine different tests at independent laboratories across Europe, all overseen by their in-house team of experts. You guys know that I love my morning cup of coffee. I could not part with it. I'm so happy to introduce Exhale into my morning routine. Independent tests show that one cup of Exhale coffee tested to have the antioxidant power of 12 punnets of blueberries. That's 55 oranges or 1.2 kilograms of kale. It's a lot of antioxidants. So much so that it tests 40% higher in polyphenols. And if you're not a huge caffeine lover, the decaf is the same coffee as the regular, but it's decaffeinated using a chemical-free mountain water process, which uses only the purest spring water from the highest mountain in Mexico. Honestly, guys, I have put the beans in my coffee machine. And as always, I so look forward to that first cup of coffee. The magic to the exhale coffee is sourcing and roasting to retain more of and bring out more of the coffee's healthy compound. If you guys want to try exhale coffee, use code WELL40 for 40% off your first bag in a subscription plus free delivery. So go to www.exhalecoffee.com, use code WELL40 for 40% off, and you guys won't be disappointed. Hi guys, welcome back to this week's episode of Talking Wellness Podcast. We are really excited to be talking to Dr. Tosin today. Hi there. Hi, thank you so much for having me guys. I'm really looking forward to having a chat with you today. Oh, thank you. We're really excited to have you as well. So for everyone who is listening, would you be able to introduce yourself? Tell us a bit about yourself, how, how you became a doctor. Yeah, sure. Um, so like I said, my name is Tosin. I work as both an NHS and a private GP. Um, so for anyone that's listening from outside of the UK, that's basically a family doctor. Um, and I also run a online health and wellness platform called Mind Body Doctor, which is all about really just encouraging and trying to inspire people to get to know more about their health and to take to want to take care of their health. Um, so I've been doing that for a couple of years on the side, and that's really kind of like my passion project on the side, which I've loved doing and is giving me the opportunity to just speak on some really great platforms and share my passion um, and I guess in terms of that as well I, I'm big on representation so representation in the health and wellness industry and I really try and push that through everything that I do a lot on social media and when I'm giving any talks or anything like that so that is me in a nutshell you did ask how I became a doctor that's a long story but I can give a short <laughs> um, so for me, I've I've always had an interest, I think, in just health in general. But when I was in school, I just happened to be good at the sciences, you know, biology and chemistry. And I think when you're in school, 
teachers say, oh, why don't you study medicine? And for me, I hadn't really thought about it until that point. So I did a couple of um, work experiences where you go into a hospital setting and you shadow doctors, basically. And for me, that was just the light bulb moment when I did my first one. I was just like, this is amazing. Not only can I, you know, have the geeky side of me and use my biology knowledge and get to know the human body, but you can actually make a difference in your everyday life. So for me, it just snowballed from there and yeah, I haven't looked back since. Amazing. I have so much respect for any kind of doctor because one, like the studying side of it is grueling to get there. And two, you guys are just absolute superheroes. But um, in terms of kind of like the representation you touched on and, you know, talking about diversity in the industry as well, which we would love to chat more about, has that, or has that been a passion from the get-go or was that something more recently that you decided you need to speak up about more? I'll be honest with you, it definitely wasn't, when I first started doing um, my Mind Body Doctor platform, it definitely wasn't at the forefront. It wasn't something that I thought of. And to be honest, it might have been me being a bit blindsided. I wasn't that aware mm. of, you know, how huge the problem was and the issue was. And it wasn't until I started doing my platform that people were sending me messages being like, you know, what, it's so great to see someone that looks different, someone that looks like me talking about health. You know, this is so inspiring. And then I started to get invited to, you know, talk in certain settings about diversity in the health and wellness industry because, there weren't many people like me doing that type of thing. So I would definitely say at first it wasn't at the forefront of my mind. Um, but definitely quite early on when I started the platform, I was just like, okay, do you know, this is an issue. And if I can do something about it, if I can talk about it, and if I can bring more light to the issue, I'm definitely going to go ahead with that full force. So it's definitely become more and more of a passion as I've gone on. I think it's so important um, and very brave as well. And I think it's one of those like things where it's, it's not easy to talk about. Um, And I think that you really, I think you've done a really great job and we need the voices like yourself. And um, I think it's great. And hopefully we can, you know, educate our listeners a bit more as well. Yeah. I think like you said, you know, you, you weren't maybe as aware as, you know, we we should be of maybe what not I don't want to call it an issue but I think I don't want to sound ignorant but we didn't realize and it's not something you think about day to day right and I think when the whole Black Lives Matter movement happened last year that was such a huge wake-up call for so many people and you know a year on we're having this conversation but it's something that I've been educating myself on and I know Barry has as well um, since that happened because we were ignorant admittedly before and the fact that you're still bringing these conversations up and that we can actually have this conversation with you today is something we're very grateful for. And, you know, something that maybe, I don't know how to say it in the right way, is how, you know, should we as white people be bringing this up more with people of colour? You know, what's, how, if you say, if I asked you the question, how do we bring this up as a conversation? What's the best way to go about that, that you find is the best and most respectful way, if that makes sense? Yeah, I think... I think it's difficult. I think, you know, let's be honest, it's not an easy conversation to have. Um, And, you know, even when I said, you know, it wasn't something that I was aware of in the health and wellness industry, of course I was aware of it, but you kind of get used to it. Mm. Um, So you become slightly 
not numb to it, but you just get used to it and you have kind of accepted, okay, well, this is the normal. This is the norm of society that we live in. And I think that's unfortunate. And I think definitely the past year has just made us wake up a little bit more, like you said, and realize actually, do you know what? these disparities aren't acceptable. We need to start talking about it. We need to bring more voice to it. So I think for yourselves in terms of how to approach it or for for everyone, anyone that's listening, I think the best way to do it is to just be aware, to be more informed and to learn more. And if you don't feel comfortable having conversations with certain people, you don't necessarily need to force it. I think you just need to do the work for yourself mm. and just be informed about what's going on around you what's going on in your door on your doorstep what's going on in society and then when you feel comfortable having those conversations sure talk about it um ask questions I think it's whatever feels natural to you because if I was to say um you know approach it in this type of way ask these type of questions it might not come natural to you and um, that's not what we want. We we want natural conversations. We want something that makes you feel comfortable and the other person that you're talking to feel comfortable. But I think first and foremost is putting in the work to actually just be more aware and be more informed of what's going on around us every single day. And have yeah. you seen changes in the industry since you, I mean, I don't know how long you've been a doctor for actually, but since you kind of went into medicine, is there anything that's come up for you or have you seen any progress um, in terms of the conversations that are being had or maybe the situations that you've landed or, you know, that have come up for you? Yes and no. I would say largely the answer would probably be largely no. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been a doctor. Oh, gosh, this is going to make me feel old now. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a doctor eight no, nine years now, going on nine, nearly nine years. Actually, no, it has been nine years as of last night. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Um, so I've been a doctor nine years. Um, and largely, I would say no. But in the past year, there definitely has been, not necessarily changes, because changes don't happen overnight, mm. but there has been more attention brought to it and maybe a little bit more hope or just the fact that we're having more conversation about it, I think is a huge step forward. It's a small step forward, but also it's quite a big step forward. Mm. Um, and, you know, the pandemic, I think the COVID pandemic, just brought a lot of those disparities to light. You know, we yeah. saw... The disparities with the people that were worst affected by COVID being the black and partly Asian community and then that just brought a whole host of other disparities mm. like you know we've been hearing about the maternal mortality rates and that black women are four times more likely to die given birth which you know is crazy and these figures have been known about for ages but we're only really starting to talk it about talk about it over the past year so although no real solid changes I think the work is starting to happen um, which in itself is huge but we do definitely need to see more yeah I mean it's it's not that it's some of but in dietetics um, like we're all kind of like taught but a lot of the studies especially on diabetes and hypertension you know they disproportionately affect different communities differently, especially the Asian populations and the black communities. But, you know, as a practitioner, 
we were notified about that, but it wasn't reflected in the research, if that makes sense. And then how we um, gave our nutrition therapy to, you know, communities was kind of just like one, one way. Um, and they didn't really teach us like maybe about the cultural foods, or they didn't really teach us about just like different cultural aspects, right? And then that was really something that when I was working in one hospital, it was very, um, a, a different clientele is very Afro-Caribbean focused, uh, just people in that area and um, a lot of self-education. And unfortunately for myself, like a lot by doing it wrong, um, but I didn't have the education. I was very young, I was what, 22. Um, and not that that's an excuse, it was still you know, a learning experience, but it just shows that in, the, in medicine, it's, it's very unspoken about, or it might be slightly spoken about, but not explained. Mm, yeah. So it, I, I, yeah, I distinctly remember feeling very guilty at that time um, because I just didn't know, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, I think guilty is a harsh word, but obviously it's, it sounds bad, but it's good that you had those feelings because it means that you're recognizing that, you know, something is wrong and or something should be a different way and there's more learning that you need to do. But, you know, we have all, especially people kind of in the health industry, I think we've all experienced that. We've all been there. And I'm so glad that you brought up that example of nutrition because it's such a big one, you know, we're expecting to give people certain advice, but it's this one size fits all westernized mm. advice on how to change their lifestyle. And really it's a, it's a massive thing that can really help certain communities, but we don't have the tools. We're not taught about it. We're not taught about it in medical school. And we're just like giving everyone the same advice. So I'm so glad you brought up that example because I think it's so important. I always say that, you know, it's, it's a lot about mindset as well. You can't give, you know, let's say you have someone from Nigeria who's 65 years old and then you expect them to drastically change their diet to foods that they've never even heard or that yeah. they've never even tasted despite living in this country for X amount of years. So it's definitely on us to do the research yeah. um, and the institutions that are teaching us to really, you know, push that into the syllabus um because you know we didn't we didn't get it I didn't get it in medical school another example is dermatology you know we're not mm. taught about different skin conditions present so differently and we, we weren't taught about it we didn't have books about it everyone in the books had white skin and that's to the detriment of us and our patients because when our patients come in with skin conditions we are trying to diagnose it off what we were taught, which isn't isn't right. So hopefully we're going to start seeing changes in syllabuses across universities. Um, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Yeah, that's actually such a good example, um, dermatology and skincare, because again, that's just something I don't even think about. And we're so when you when you actually dig deep and you think about it and you you know, it's kind of normal, I guess that's kind of bad to say, but you, we haven't widened it enough to be inclusive of so many different, you know, cultures and like you said, skin types and it's, and like you said, the conversations are being had. So we are making progress, but we still have such a long way to go. Is there anything that you can think of off the top of your head that you would love to see happen in the next, let's say year or so 
where we're act where you, we're actually seeing these changes and they're how they're making a difference that's a really good question i think just more in like i was saying more inclusivity in terms mm. of teaching through institutions i think that really needs to change yeah. um and that includes research as well looking at research into different communities and those things aren't easy to do you know I think it's going to take years until yeah. we see the changes but I think definitely more representation and inclusivity in research and then throughout teaching as well I completely agree because same with nutrition like Barry said we we don't yeah. have the research there we're going off of yeah. you know studies that have been done that haven't been inclusive of enough cultures and you know and different unfortunately, types of people. unfortunately most nutrition um studies are just done on white this male um so um unfortunately we don't we just don't have the information to apply it to different different cultures but also like there's a huge lack of like female representation in you know nutrition research and we we all know that like the hormones that we have mm -hmm. greatly affect different things or we have different requirements and again like the nutrition research as much as it is like a new science a lot of the old research which a lot of the nutrition recommendations like public health recommendations are based on kind of like older research studies they're all white men mm. so i think i think we need a big a big um, like big shift big, yeah. yeah a big shift in the research to be inclusive uh yeah it's it's actually, I was reading actually um, one of the tangent, but like one of the um, papers on like saturated fat recommendations, it dates back to this one article that was published in like the 50s or 60s. And oh, most, wow. of our, most of our public health recommendations are still cite that article. And it's like, surely we have come a lot further. <laughs> That's crazy. That. So yeah, so I think um, I think medicine and I think health and I think nutrition, um, it's so fast paced at times, mm -hmm. but um, I'm, I'm finding it a bit antiquated in certain areas in terms of representation, just updating certain things or just redoing certain studies just to make sure that they hold true um, years later for everyone. Yeah, 100%. I think I spoke recently about um, the BMI and how we measure the BMI as well mm. being a good example of that I think I can't remember when that was created but yeah again essentially based on white men um, exactly. and I don't know if there needs to be a change but I think sometimes the BMI is a little bit controversial yeah but I do think we won't know if there needs to be a change unless we've done the research so that's yeah. The thing. yeah well I distinctively remember learning about BMI and there was like um sounds so terrible to say, but there was like a caveat to Asian Americans being like, well, their BMI will be lower, but they're still at risk for these health conditions. And it was like, instead of explaining, you know, why is this different? It was just like, except for, and that's just like yeah. terrible language. And it's, yeah, it's, so I agree. There needs to be a rehaul of BMI for a lot mm -hmm. of reasons. And one of them being not, representing everyone um, yeah. in the same way and this is the thing you know we're all speaking from a, a point of view where we're actually in the wellness industry in one way or the other and people who are not and you know they are just thinking oh bmi you know that either means you're overweight or you're underweight and you're at risk of x y and z 
and there's so much more to it than that I, I am more anti-BMI if I'm honest but we won't get into <laughs> we won't get into that conversation that could be a whole other episode <laughs> yeah no 100% and I think you know we're, we're talking a lot about health from a medical and nutrition point of view but even if we're looking at just wellness so you know wellness as a whole you've got your Instagram wellness influencers you have magazines health and fitness magazines that you're flipping through and again the representation in that has been limited for years and years and I think we're starting to see more inclusivity we're starting to see you know different skin colors different sizes different genders representing what health looks like because health is not just this one specific Mm. type of person skinny white with blonde hair and I think we're starting to realize actually that health can take many different shapes or forms and it's what's personal to you Um, but to be able to look and see someone that looks like you I think that encourages people and inspires them and makes them feel like okay well actually I can relate to this person rather than seeing someone who looks completely different and thinking this is the perfect picture of health and wellness where there's no perfect picture. I completely agree with you and the more diversity we have in the wellness industry like you said the better because not everyone is going to relate to everyone you know there's people that will look at me and be like she is just someone I can't relate to and you know we that like I said the more diversity the better and you are doing such an incredible job of you know encouraging that on social media because this is a growing platform it's probably not going to go anywhere soon and we want people to feel welcome on it by a you know diverse range of people yeah 100 100 and I am definitely seeing some improvement but I would love to see more and more diversity just mm. lots and lots of different people representing so would we. yeah so how can we encourage um you know, I, I don't know if there's even an answer for this, but to encourage more people to enter this space um, of all, you know, different races, is there something that we could be doing? Um, or is it, this might be a very political question, <laughs> do you think it's um, more down to situations and um, privilege kind of entering this kind of space? I think it's a little bit of both. I think, it takes onus on the individual to be like, okay, I'm going yeah. to enter the space. I'm going to create a seat at the table for myself. I'm going to create a platform for myself. But then it also, there's also onus on the other side. So um, companies or whoever that are kind of, you know, pushing these people and putting them on their platforms, they also need to be more inclusive and bringing those people on and bringing those people up the ladder um, because you often see the same types of people getting the same types of opportunities Mm. so I think it's a little bit of onus on both I think definitely as an individual um, who you might be more of the minority you do need to push yourself more I think you do need to if the doors aren't opening for you unfortunately you have to find those doors and sometimes open them yourselves or knock on them really loudly um, but there is definitely a big onus on the other side and um, those companies and platforms creating space for, for different people for more different walks of life yeah I 100% I think that and I think to be honest I think during last summer, there was a big movement for industries. Um, unfortunately, I'm not, and I don't know this, and I wish I did, 
how many of them kind of have seen those changes, you know, continue. Yeah. Um, And I just hope that they continue to do this and it wasn't for publicity or it wasn't for the wrong reasons. Um, And I just hope that they, they continue to bring people up the ladder exactly like you said. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't be that, you know, the doors are kind of shut and you have Mm -hmm. like that. I like wish it was, wish it was different um but hopefully we will get there yeah yeah definitely I I agree with you there has been kind of like this big movement and a little bit of a shift and I'm crossing my fingers and praying that it's not just momentary and that it is a long lasting thing and I think sometimes when I speak to people that might be you know in similar situations or um, people who might be from a minority background they sometimes feel like, oh, am I being invited to do something just because I'm the minority and they need to fill a certain quota? And do you know what? Often that might be the case, especially now, but I'm just like, all you can do is take it. You're given, being given this opportunity. Just take it and ride with it and represent and do a good job. So hopefully then it becomes the norm. Yeah. 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 I, I completely, completely agree. agree. Well, I so appreciate you having this conversation with us because even, you know, you know, in the privilege that I have, I I do feel slightly nervous, of, you know, opening a conversation like this, but you've made it incredibly easy. And I really hope that more people will, you know, one, be inspired by this conversation and two, go out there and start having these conversations more often and continue to work on the work that we're already doing. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. I think... You know, like you said, it's not easy to have these conversations. And just by you guys even reaching out to me and saying that you wanted to have a little bit of a chat about this, I think it's is really great. And we just need to keep seeing more and more of this and keep having conversations like this. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Where can everyone find you? Because you really do have such an informative page as well as as well as being this amazing advocate for diversity. You have some incredible uh, resources that you give out as well. Oh, thank you. Um, so the main place is Instagram. So mindbodydoctor on Instagram. I also do have a website, mindbodydoctor.co.uk. Um, but the main place is Instagram. You can always reach out to me and I will always try and get it back to you. Amazing. Amazing. We'll link that in the show notes. And just thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Thank you so much, guys. I really thank enjoyed you, it. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the Forking Wellness Podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe. And share with your friends if you love this episode. It really does help us get seen in the chart. You can now also order our Forking Wellness book anywhere books are sold. Order it on Amazon Prime for next day delivery. And Barnes & Noble in America. And if you love the book, we would so appreciate a review on Amazon. We absolutely love hearing your feedback and we really hope you enjoy it. We'll speak to you guys next week. Bye.